0: This message comes from NPR sponsor, Comcast Business. Is it possible to get business internet you can really rely on? It is, with 99.9% network reliability from Comcast Business, powering possibilities.
1: Emily, when you were a kid,
0: what did you like to draw?
2: Um, I drew very pedestrian scenes. I like drawing buildings, sidewalks, crosswalks, and cranes. (laughs) Like for construction projects.
1: <laughs> this sounds like one of those like things to identify you're a real person and not a robot when you're about to click something. You could just put in Emily Kwong's drawings of I can of recognize a motorcycle. <laughs> urban landscapes.
2: That's right. What about you?
1: I pretty much drew the opposite. Well, you were focused on the every day in front of you. I was focused on magical monsters and dragons and superheroes and the that checks out. things that defy physics. And biology. And I ask because today we are going to focus not on the huge things, not on the fantastical things, but we're going to focus on drawing with the microscopic critters that cover us.
3: They're everywhere, on our eyes, our tongues, our fingertips. Yeah, today we're talking about bacteria.
1: So put on your smocks and put away that hand sanitizer. <laughs> Reporter Nell Greenfield-Boyce is about to take us inside Microbial Arts 101.
2: We're kicking off Art Week, a collection of some of our favorite episodes that sit at the intersection of art, science, and inspiration. Enjoy. Enjoy. You're listening to Shortwave from NPR.
1: Hello, Shortwavers. Aaron Scott here with Nell Greenfield-Boys. Hello, Nell. Hey, Aaron. You're taking me somewhere delightful and surprising and creative, and I don't know where it is. What are we doing?
3: Well, I wonder first, do you um, do any art yourself? Are you an artist?
1: I am a lapsed artist, I would say. I definitely have painted and drawn, but currently I mostly look at art and, and salivate a little bit.
3: Yeah, I'm not a big artist either. I mean, I like to dabble in things. And the other day, I got this opportunity to work with something that most people don't ever use. So I recently went to the library, one of the local public libraries here in Washington, D.C., and down in the basement, they had set up all these art supplies. So it was like arts and crafts.
1: Are we talking like construction paper and scissors no, and No, no. Like that? no, 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 no.
3: As you know, this is a science show. And so <laughs> what they had set up was plates with agar and little vials of bacteria.
1: Vials of bacteria?
3: Yeah, one of the people running this little demo who got me started is Jennifer Kerr.
2: What are What are we doing here? We are actually taking um, bacteria, E. coli, and it's a special type of bacteria that has um, some extra DNA in it that allows for it to be colorful. So it actually creates a color palette, so to speak, paints. And uh, we can create pieces of art with it, which is amazing. So... You know what agar is, right?
1: That's like that gelatinous medium that you grow bacteria in in science class.
3: Yeah, or microbiology labs or whatever. So there is this art form called agar art. Basically, people take these dishes with a layer of this sort of nutrient jello called agar, and they draw with living bacteria.
2: Would you like to go ahead and take a try? Sure. You can draw a star. You can draw your favorite bacteria. You can... I feel like this is a lot of pressure. No, it's not a lot. Whatever your heart desires.
3: They give you a petri dish, and then you have these vials that are labeled like pink, you know, blue, purple, but the liquid in them is totally clear. The bacteria haven't like grown yet. That's what they're going to do once they get on the nutrients. And you drag the stick across the surface of the agar, like drawing on jello. You know, like it's not a <laughs>
1: with an invisible ink.
3: <laughs> with an invisible ink, that's exactly what it's like. It's like drawing on Jello with invisible ink. So those are pretty awesome. And so these are. So this is pink and blue here. We front.
2: have pink and blue, and we have purple and green. The green's pretty special because we can actually put it underneath a special light that allows for it to fluoresce. Uh, it's it's the green fluorescent protein that's actually been taken from jellyfish.
1: I love this. So today on the show, where science meets art on a microbial scale, I'm Aaron Scott, and you are listening to Shortwave, the daily science podcast from NPR.
0: This message is brought to you by Apple Pay. Fussing with plastic cards should be a thing of the past. Instead, pay the Apple way. Apple Pay is easy, secure, and built into iPhone. All you have to do is set it up. Just add a card in the wallet app and you're good to go. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Integrative Therapeutics, with vitamins and supplements previously available only through practitioners, including Cortisol Manager. Unlock your best self with clinician curated supplements from Integrative Therapeutics, now on Amazon. So now this idea of of making
1: art with microbes, it's not something that was invented a couple of years ago. It goes back a really long time. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, who were the first people to paint with bacteria?
3: So arguably the first people uh, lived 5,000 years ago oh, wow. in okay. British Columbia. So basically there are these things, microbial mats. So it's basically like layers of microbes that grow like in lakes or something like that. Apparently... What they found by studying rock art is that people who lived back then would collect these microbial mats and like heat them up and get a sort of reddish pigment. And they would use this reddish pigment to like paint on the rocks. So you could argue that they were the first microbial artists, although they weren't painting with living bacteria. They were just sort of using it as a source for pigment. But the one person that people point to as a sort of, like, major historic figure who engaged in microbial art was Alexander Fleming. Do you remember okay. who Alexander Fleming is?
1: The the gentleman who discovered penicillin.
3: Penicillin, exactly, right. So, you know, around, like, the 1920s, he was studying all kinds of, you know, bacteria, and he was an artist, and he liked to draw and paint. And so sometimes he would take, um, like— paper and draw on it, like trace an image on it, and then soak the paper in nutrients and then put in microbes that would grow and like color the drawing. And
1: I actually would love to know a little bit more about that. I mean, because we think of these things as being invisible or so small that they wouldn't really have color. Why is there pigment and why are different microbes different colors?
3: Actually, colored bacteria existed before vision did.
1: Wow.
3: <laughs> bacteria have been lo- around for a really long time, uh-huh. longer than multicellular yeah, creatures. And so it's just they're apparently just byproducts of their various enzymes and life Um, processes. It's not like they're doing anything necessarily with these colors. You know, you have to think about the fact that these bacteria potentially communicate with each other, right? The bacteria might interact. They might repel each other. I talked to Mehmet Berkman. He's a scientist at New England Biolabs. And he says that these bacteria can influence each other in all sorts of ways. They not only grow at different rates, different temperatures, they also communicate with each other. So what a red bacteria might not be red beside a yellow one. So it's not just like painting, it's also understanding them. Mehmet has been exploring the world of agar art in his lab for a while now, even before something that the American Society for Microbiology started doing, which is this agar art contest. So basically every year since 2015, they've been having this contest. And, you know, they get like hundreds of entries from all around the world they just had a party at um, one of the main microbe meetings was here in Washington, D.C., and they had this cocktail party where they invited some of the winners to come and present their art. I love this one. So people were drinking wine. It was very much mm-hmm. like a sort of art scene kind of thing. And like
1: a gallery opening.
3: But the pictures are all made of bacteria.
1: So what do they look like? What were the highlights?
3: Oh, there was all kinds of stuff. You know, there was a portrait of Barack Obama. There was another using microbes that were taken and cultured from a woman and her daughter's bodies. So sort of showing their microbial connection between the two of them. Another one looked really simple. It was this koi fish and this lotus flower um, but it was actually really complicated to make. I talked to the artist. Her name is Arwa Hadid.
1: When you look at it in first glance, it's kind of just like a very normal like flower and fish. But I used nine different organisms to get it, to get the shading right, to get the outlines right, to really pop. So most people, when they look at it, don't really assume that there's nine different organisms that are, went into making it.
3: One guy standing next to us pointed at her stuff and was like, wow, that is really hard to do.
1: This all sounds so complex and also so very, very cool. What else struck you, Nell?
3: Well, there was one that I really like. It's, it's made of dozens and dozens of square Petri dishes, and they're laid out in the shape of Manhattan. The bacteria in the dishes are tracing all the sort of streets in New York City. Wow. And I talked with the researcher who did this, Christine Morisi, and her friends and colleagues there. They got this idea to basically just, like, give random people walking by in New York City the opportunity to draw their corner of the city in microbes.
2: You always want to make sure, make sure they have this personal connection, right? So I asked them, so where do you live? You live like, you know, downtown, you want to, I don't know, um, um, you want to pick Chinatown and this is like you paint your street, you're actually just going to be living in. So so very often they just really picked like the place to live.
3: It was just the same year that there had been this like sort of report of plague bacteria in the subway. So, uh-huh. you know, sort of like bacteria in the city was on people's minds.
2: People were aware, but also frightened of microbes in the city. So let's let's talk about microbes around you and also like you know how you can actually culture them and you know how we use them for good stuff
3: i think that people underestimate how much of science is just mucking around and like playing with things and trying different things and having fun you know
2: scientists are really creative and fun people um we have we always talk about science identity but you know part of science identity is also like you know come up with very novel solutions and i think that's what like art can you know express, like, very well. I mean, I'm an artist and I'm a scientist, and, you know, you cannot reduce me to one persona.
3: This is a field of art where there's still tons that could be done. I mean, we've barely scratched the surface of microbial art here.
1: (laughs) Do Do you want to share your picture?
3: Well, yeah, I'll send it to you. I mean, you can take a look. Behold my masterpiece.
1: Okay, this is beautiful. I see a reddish flower with green petals, maybe a stem and a green leaf. And then these like little, little purple dots um, that I'm gonna imagine are like, you know, pollen just kind of filtering through the air.
3: Uh, you're like every parent who ever looks at a picture that their kid gives them. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. It's, it's, yeah, it's beautiful. Whatever it is, it's gorgeous. Yeah, I don't think I was really like pushing the artistic form forward here. I wasn't like pushing the envelope of microbe art. But you get the idea.
1: And the beautiful thing is that it would change over time. I mean, if this was in your fridge, it would slowly grow and morph like a flower.
3: Yeah, they don't last forever.
1: Well, Nell, thank you for making the invisible visible for us in a most beautiful manner. Thank you. This episode was produced by Margaret Serino and Rebecca Ramirez. It was edited by Giselle Grayson, who is also our senior supervising editor, with help from Thomas Liu. Rachel Carlson checked the facts, and the audio engineer was Stu Rushfield. Beth Donovan is our senior director, and Anya Grunman is our senior vice president of programming. I'm Aaron Scott. Thank you for listening to Shortwave from NPR.
0: This message comes from EarthX. The EarthX 2024 Environmental and Sustainability Congress of Conferences is happening in April and brings together all sides with one important mission, protect the planet. Go to earthx.org to register.